Talking with words, we're gonna do something a little bit different tonight. We're gonna to watch the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Uh, you're here with Rob, Taylor, and Will. We've all seen the original, unfortunately. So we're gonna see how this one goes. Can we do this? Can we do this? If it's uh, if it's good, then we'll call it the Snyder cut, and if it's not good, then we'll call it the Schneider cut. So it's. Taylor came with material ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor's also never coming back. <laughs> okay, we're going to watch this. We'll be back in four hours. Jesus. We're rolling. Let's, uh, let's take a shot for Zack Snyder's four-hour, two-minute... Cheers to completion. ...cut of Dustus League. The sick son of a bitch did it. <laughs> All right, um... Let's just, let's just start with first impressions. Uh, Will, you, you have a lot to say a second ago. Let's, first impressions of the whole thing. Just We'll get into the details. So, I mean, as far as an overall appreciation of what he did, there, the cohesiveness of the storyline is substantially better. And that's not going to be a hard thing to recognize when you start watching the film because it's easy to, to find some just... There's so many scenes that jump around when you watch the original cut that was just destroyed that you don't know what's going on it allows you to explain the storyline you don't have to know what's happening as far as like comic book standpoint right you actually get an education on the characters there's little like kind of cool nuances of exploring each individual character before it builds the main story arc which is probably my favorite part of it and it makes a four hour like long film not feel like four hours so that's just the, the first thing i appreciated from it but as far as an overall film, it was just good. I just thought it was good. That's the most the most basic comment I can make is I enjoyed it as much as you would enjoy like watching an Avengers film or something like that. There's always going to be little things throughout the film that you don't like because there's everyone's going to be nitpicky about little things. But it had a great cohesive storyline of film and it was intense and it was engaging and it was fun to watch. Yeah, I hinted on this earlier. The original cut, the the Whedon cut, if you will. We, we talked about the Whedon cut, and none of us liked it. So to say that you like this is a huge step from having that cut that just didn't like at all. Well, um, and if you, well and so if you think about it, too, though, you went into that film with such anticipation of what everyone wanted to see as this particular Avengers-style film, and it just didn't... You didn't get there. Everything was so choppy. Nothing made sense. In the original. In the original, correct, yeah. So there was things, I mean, obviously there was a bunch of scenes that were fun, engaging, you liked them. Spoilers! Yeah. But you never had this like, wow, this is this all makes sense. It's just like, oh, that, that's a cool scene, but what the hell is happening right here? Oh, okay, here's a scene that I just cut off to that makes sense. In this particular film, there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, what, 80% of the film was new original material that he had already filmed? Not, yeah, that was not reshot, but original material he had already filmed. And it flowed the way he intended it to be, so it all made sense. So it, it was a lot easier to watch, a lot more enjoyable. And, man, it made that first film just seem like a real piece of shit. <laughs> Taylor? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's definitely better. It's definitely better than the Joss Whedon version. I, I would say, I don't know, I was thinking about Apocalypse Now. and What? Why 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 were these people in the Vietnam War? And oh, okay. the original Justice League, it doesn't say like why these people joined up to fight the war. Right. This movie covers that. So it's like no, it's, it's like a morons freedom, I'm sure. it's like a morons version of of Apocalypse Now if you had to have superheroes in it. That's what I would say is why did these people go to Vietnam? It's the weirdest fucking Yeah, that is a <laughs> <laughs> But it's ser- I'm serious. Like, okay, I get why Cyborg, you know, decided to Borgs. to to bore into the mother cube. I, I like, I, I, why did this happen? Right. And uh, Zack Snyder goes, here's here's why yeah. he decided to risk his whatever life he has left. And right. okay, all right, that that alone makes the movie better. But he did that for for the other side characters as well. So yeah, 
Yeah. In a way that more people can understand, though, if you picture a film like Elf, so Whedon would be like, you start out, the first scene is him singing the shower to the co-worker, yeah. and that's just how it starts. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the Which, Snyder Cut is, it explains the entire background of how this person got to where he is, why it's acceptable for him to be in this position singing to her, because he's just wanting to spread Christmas cheer. Yeah. No one knows that. In the original cut, these are just like, what the hell is happening? Bizarre comparison. It's it's <laughs> like it's like the Cliff Notes versus the novel. Like, oh, this is why you should read the novel because you might not like it, right. but it's definitely better than the Cliff Notes. I mean, because it's the whole story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we, I know you and I, Taylor, talked about it when the original Justice League cut came out, and it just felt like they were. Pieces, scenes were cut and then pieced together in the wrong order. Like oh. the, the opening sequence wasn't in this movie. The the Whedon cut where <laughs> yeah, Batman is taking yeah. down a parademon and like trying to interrogate it was not in this movie at all. And I thought it was going to show up in the movie like maybe around hour three. Yeah, just wasn't in the movie. Yeah, it's, it's... because they sh- they explained throughout the first three hours. Uh, this is how we're going to do it, this is how we're going to go get it, and then they had uh, Stone sacrifice himself to identify... I mean, everything was explained enough that you knew where the next step was going and it made sense for them to do the next thing. In the original cut, nothing made sense of why they were doing it. It was literally like, hey, the house is on fire. Let's go kick this dog in the street. No reason... And then later you go back and go, oh, actually that dog was Cujo, and the house that's on fire was haunted, so they don't need to go worry about the house. I'm sorry I'm not going to do Apocalypse Now or an Elf reference. That makes more sense to me than what the fuck you're talking about. (laughs) But when you think about it, so they say 80% is what he's, I think it was 80% he said was original content he filmed that was not in the original. Right, because Snyder always films insane amounts. It's so fluid, though, the films that you don't necessarily know that were in the original, that I think they were so, I guess... Necessary for the direction of what he was going through the story that even Whedon couldn't get rid of them, so he had to keep them in that you don't necessarily know Wait. they were original pieces. So Whedon kept the big bits. So he couldn't change it that much. I mean, well, he still changed it to a, a ton, obviously, but there was enough to where you don't recognize the twenty percent that was not. Right, I'm changed. nodding, which you can't hear. Yes, um, and that, they're very, very small clips. I mean, if you've watched both films, you'll see some scenes where you're like, oh, I've seen that before. I noticed that one. But it wasn't big enough to where, I mean... Which a huge chunk of the movie from the Whedon cut was in this, but in this one, it was just edited correctly and put in the right places that make sense for the storyline to have a full arc of why these people get together, why they're doing what they're doing, and why they all team up at the end. Which... At the end of this, they kill Steppenwolf, cut his head off, and throw him at Darkseid's feet. At the end of the <laughs> well, cut, after he's beating like, the shit, oh, out I got me. beat, and he just takes off like a Scooby Doo villain. This was way more final, and just shoving it in Darkseid's face, and he's like, okay, well now I have to go to Earth and kill all these people. And they mentioned the equation, all the stuff that is for, especially for comic fans like me that know what Darkseid's looking for. Way more important than just Steppenwolf getting his ass kicked by Superman and running back home with his tail between his legs. Yeah, the tail that hides huge balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that was I, a bizarre uh, cosmetic aspect of his character. But I think I think that what what I, I'll say is uh, is you know I think about that first scene in the Whedon cut where yeah. it's you know basically the scene says to the audience, "Fuck you, you know what this is." Right. And that's the rest of the movie. So the first scene happens, and you understand, oh, this is going to be, you know, this is for kids. There's no plot here, really. It's just... A lot of, a lot of fluff. Yeah, you, you've come here for the action sequences. It's very much a squigglebillies. Yeah. And this this is more... I didn't really know what this was going to be going in. I, you know, I knew it was going to be four hours. And, uh, you know, it's an interesting thing where, where a filmmaker has that much leeway. And especially, like, a filmmaker that's not as proven as other films. You know, I think of... Uh, I, I mean, I'd, I'd fight that. Yeah, I wouldn't, oh, I wouldn't okay. say that's, that's a fair comment. huge blockbusters. Yeah. He, okay, that's fine. Here's, here's, here's what I'll say. Is, uh, is you know, the other four-hour filmmaker that I can think of is Scorsese, where Netflix just goes, here, make whatever you want. Right. And HBO Max did that with Zack Snyder, yeah. who is 
nowhere near the caliber of filmmaker that Scorsese is, and you can fight me on that if you want. But that's not gonna happen. But here's here's what happens is you know I think that uh, the studio structure because of time constraints right. forces a filmmaker to pare down their their artistic vision yes. to something that's a little more cohesive. And so I don't I don't think that the Joss Whedon version is definitely it's definitely worse. This is much better, but it would have been it would have been improved uh, upon the time constraints of well we got to run this in the theater right. four times a day. And let's I mean yeah. let's let's uh, concise what we're saying we're talking about here is essentially we we know Whedon is a good writer director. He has done yeah, solid that, yeah. work. Um, he, I mean, he made the Avengers and pretty much set the the bar for the superhero team up movies. Um, we can assume from everything we've read, everything we've seen, that yes, the the producers were ro- uh, breathing down his back. He had to take somebody else's shots. That Snyder had a vision. And he didn't know what Snyder's vision was when he was putting it together at the end. He did reshots because the studio wanted it to be funnier. Whedon is is good at what he does. He just failed with putting this together for the audience that would want a Snyder film. Zack well, Snyder's good at what he does. I mean, Zack Snyder... Well, he just proved that yeah. he knows what he's doing when but, he has... But I, I also would not say that he failed, though, because he was given such a specific, direct, like set of circumstances here is a massive film this man has created we want you to take this radar right film with all these amazing concepts make it like you're saying more family oriented like he's done in the past with the other series and condense it you're so, saying you don't think he failed do you like his cut do i like it as much as i just watched no do you like it do i like it as do much you as like I just his watched? Cut? no i don't but so i'm saying failed. in the circumstances he had it's not his what, fault no, it's that's not. What, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, not saying. I'm saying it does not reflect badly on him in any capacity right. as a I'm, director of film. Yes, correct. But Whedon has it, proven that he's good at what he does. It's hard to, I guess, think about or justify if that guy got to sit there and watch what Zack Snyder had already filmed, watch the entire thing, and say, "Wow, I was just told I have to listen to a PG-13 film. In I have to minutes. condense this down to two hours from four hours." Holy shit! What am I supposed to do? Right. And what happened was the film was released, yeah. we, which is unfortunate for him, for us, because it was not what anybody expected, what anybody wanted. It's what we got, because I feel like Snyder already made such an amazingly cohesive storyline. We're all saying the same There's thing. a bunch of problems. I mean, there's little things that everyone will nitpick about the film. That's always going to happen with any film. But I, I, I cannot think poorly about what he did because the circumstances he was given from what he had. It wasn't good, but and it people, wasn't his fault. People are always going to be like, no, screw him, man. You know, He did such a terrible job. This is what he had, what he was given, what he had to work with, and it's not fair to say he did anything poorly. That's just let's, what let's it was, we, right? We've beaten this the ground. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Is, uh, to, to make the last point on, on, on the Whedon version, yeah. Whedon kind of synthesized the formula, even for the Marvel films... He kind of synthesized the formula, and I can defend that statement. I'm not going to go into it, but what Zack Snyder, have to. our six listeners, will fight you to the death. What Zack Snyder <laughs> has done with this is he's kind of gone away from that a little bit, and he tried to do his own version of that formula. That's so, what people want, now. you know. Yeah, and I, I give him credit for it. I, I think uh, you know it, it's interesting, and like I said, I think it's I think it's definitely better. I think it'll push the envelope to where there is the potential for it to be a next film because people will respond positively to say, this is the kind of darker, you know, kind of superhero film we want. Let's explore this more. Will this pull a Family Guy rest of development where people are like, we want another Snyder DC film and pull yeah. it out of the, the grave. Pull Superman's dead rotten corpse out. All right, we, we've discussed all that shit. <laughs> what, what are some of the things in this movie that were were good that they did right you were like yes this is this is better this is this is what i wanted to see honestly the the first thing so being four hours long everyone going to that type of film you're like how is it gonna like make it better being that long i enjoyed that it was kind of like if we binge watch films there's usually in a series an episode that explores a character's person their backstory and everything every single character had enough time in this to where it wasn't like drawn out it was appropriately like positioned. 
They showed where they came from, how they got to where they are, and their position inside of this kind of like superhero group. And it, it did a very good job of explaining and making you like the characters more. They all had their lost flashbacks. Whereas in the Whedon them. cut, it was just like, here they are. There's no explanation. They're just there. And Whedon, ex- I think, expects you to know who they are and just... Which isn't... Yeah, it's not fair to anybody who's new to the to the films watching this right. stuff. They don't know the backstories. They did a fantastic job of explaining that. And it made me enjoy personally because I don't know the backstories. I've never read comics. I like the characters substantially more by watching this because I knew a little bit more about them. And I understand their powers that they had more than I would have ever known before. I just thought, this dude is just some douchebag robot. And now he has an actual backstory. Oh, man, he's, he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> I, yeah, I think, I think Superman... Okay, here's what I thought was strange about this version of the film... Superman is the least important character in the Justice League. I mean, right. he kind of technically, yeah, he comes in in the end. He's the MacGuffin that saves the day. But as far as like character development goes, they ignore the hell out of him. And even like well, he's had two movies, yeah. And and even when they cut back to like Amy Adams and like, hey, you remember you're supposed to care about Superman? Like, I I don't. I I cared more about uh, Wonder Woman. I cared more about. Uh, uh, cyborg. I, I cared more about the yeah. Flash. And that, that's important, though, to the character development and all these guys because we know Superman can just kill all of them. Sure. Well, and to that point, I think that's where this movie succeeded over the last movie. Is now you actually care about these these Superman is the god. He can he he proved that he can go in and just rip Steppenwolf's horn head thing off. Yeah. You've you've had Batman when he was in his his lowest point. His he was doubting himself in the last movie, and he's like, "We can't have somebody that powerful running around." And then Superman sacrificed himself to save humanity from Doomsday. It reinvigorated his uh, essentially faith in in mankind and all that. And it's Batman's. I think it's Batman's movie. It's his journey to kind of prove to himself that. It, we're all worth the main cast worth saving and getting these people that now you understand their backstories and they're all having the same kind of epiphany. So it's interesting you say that. I think the Whedon cut it feels more like Batman story. It didn't feel like it in this one. I felt like they were exploring more of the individual characters and Batman was kind of just this other guy we knew was there. Well, he felt like the leader who too. already was an established guy, kind of you know collecting the the heroes. Yeah. But he was not at any point a but focal point. He was, the, he was the father figure kind of pushing the, the narrative. Of he was, but the, the entire directive was, you know, kind of upping the development of these other characters. Because He's also the one that has no power. Well, you could, which I honestly appreciate in this film, you could tell he was the guy who knew at certain points he was the guy that had the money and the knowledge. He didn't have the power. He stood back a lot in this one. But yeah, there was a lot of oh <laughs> yeah. shit moments for him as a character, which it, it kind of humanized him, which is good. I mean, which I really liked his in this film, his uh, running and gunning at the the finale, yeah, and taking out the the demons because it's just a dude finding random guns on the ground like in a video game. Yeah, he was playing up. Halo, man. He was yeah. utilizing his experience the video games. He was doing a great job. <laughs> also, you did not have Aquaman go, Woo! <laughs> was, Which was also, almost, there was no lasso of truth to make sure that Aquaman told his true villain. Yeah. You didn't have that little yeah, good gun. That is, honestly, that's if, less, if that's... one positive character development, it was Aquaman because he was the badass. He was the character that Jason Moe is as a person, you feel like. He is that guy. He did a much better portrayal of that character. It felt than, like he, he was did pretty have, much punk in the '90s, embodied or like late '80s. He, he was the stoic, "Don't fuck with me, or I'm gonna beat you up" kind of guy. And yeah, I appreciate he, it so much more than he like, had that great point at the Flash. Hey, man, I, I <laughs> swim in the water and I can go fast. I'm his, Aquaman. Yeah, his the Flash apologizing for tripping over him and yeah. knocking them both out. That was a much more comedic than I. His character is just dorky in general, yeah, which the, is good. The, the Flash is he, he was the his, comedic relief. His gist is that he runs away from things. That's his yeah. thing. And so, though, so uh, Momoa pointing at him as Aquaman, like Not just you pointing, can, yeah, pointing like I'm gonna crush you. Yeah, I'm gonna put this finger through your face. Yeah. Which, well, so the best thing though was when he was doing the dodges to where he <laughs> kind of like bottled up like a pencil in the corner. There were two. There <laughs> yeah. were two. The dodges. Yeah. He was full on arm straight down into yeah. his body where he's hiding pretty utilized his speed to hide yeah. as most he could and almost every no i think every time he was doing his running 
he tripped or got hit and yeah. tripped. Mm. He was definitely the green of the group. Yeah. Or he wasn't but, as Which developed. is funny because as we watched the end of it, despite all that, he's the one that saved The everything. potentially most important character in the entire yeah. film. Which I, I do like that they gave him all that shit where he, he tripped, he uh, got, he pretty much got the shit kicked out of him by Superman by not, Superman by, never yeah, by not doing anything. Just yeah. scaring him. And then at the end, he's the one who saves the whole day by going back in time and splitting the mother cube. Which, every single character in this film, as we watched it, I think we all had thoughts like, as you're watching the film kind of keep going, every person would do something stupid, potentially. And we're like, gosh, so when's this person kind of going to own up and like do something, contribute to the group? Mm. And then literally, a minute later, something would happen to where it's like, gosh, he, he was actually planning this out to make them seem worthless as hell. Right. And then they would have their moment. It's like, all right, well, screw you, dude. <laughs> okay, let's talk about things that stood out very, very particular. My The first thing that uh, stands out to me is Steppenwolf's armor in this one is way fucking better. Top shelf. Than the original. If Will, you didn't like it. You said that while we were watching it. I mean, I, I guess I agree with you guys more that I watched it. It was just weird. It's different because it's a, re- a reactive armor. Yeah, it feels like it's breathing, and like when he gets angry and he's about to fight, like all the spikes come out. Yeah, I liked I, all that. I think my initial like non appreciation was because it was moving all the time. But once you see like a battle scene, like it will deflect things in a way because the armor reacts to it. So I I appreciate it after that. And like when arrows get stuck in it, he he flexes and breaks all the yeah. arrows. The only reason I didn't like it initially is because when you see the character, it's always clicking. It makes noises. Just his armor is just like click 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 click. Speaking click. of, that was it. Every every metal character in this made so much noise. Cyborg. When he's just walking around, he makes so much damn noise. <laughs> and he walks like he's made of freaking metal. He's walking bow-legged like he got butt-fucked or something. Sorry if that's a bad thing to say. But yeah, he just walks so weird. It's like, you are made of metal. Just walk like a goddamn normal machine. He's hunched over like the entire film. And, and you, you made a point of this during the movie is when he's just himself as a human individual, you know, he's confident. He's got his... He's got his uh, his shoulders. He's a more broad shouldered man. Yeah, but when he's when he's uh, a cyborg after you know his accident, he's like he's like a broken person. It's he's like Ray Fisher's a beautiful person. No, yeah. it, it, <laughs> so yeah. if you if you actually if you'll take frames, a bunch of different frames, there's a lot of his shoulders are smaller in different frames mm. compared to the other ones. So there's not the consistency of his character's build. The other thing about it And it is, made his arms look extremely weird and small. The CGI, the way they did when he's... I mean, because everyone... Also, another note, everyone just leaves clothes laying all over the fucking place. Uh, yeah, let's talk about ten, Aquaman ten, taking his shirt off and jumping in the water. Off. Aquaman just, takes his shirt off, jumps in the water, but when he comes out of the water, shirt's on. Is he getting dressed on the way? What's happening There's there? There's a Kmart down Do there. Do the <laughs> dolphins make it? I don't know. And Fisher takes off his tracksuit like four times and just... Eh, eh. Yeah. He's just shredding clothing. But the like, point is, the CGI that they use for Cyborg's body, his legs are... I mean, it's... He's he has dad calves. Skeletal. He has dad... So I wonder if part of that calves makes him look like he's, you know, top-heavy... Just because of the the way they did the CGI, but it doesn't ever seen though. There's multiple scenes to where his shoulders look a lot smaller, and he has like these nasty little small arms. But then there's a scene where he's like this empowering. But his, his upper pot, his upper body part, he's got the the way they they build it in the sh- in the movie is that his shoulders, his chest, and his head are all human. So it's just a it, they just didn't make it consistent. That's it. I'm just giving them an excuse at this point. I'm playing devil's advocate. No, there's no excuse. <laughs> well, here's here's the thing for for consistency. consistent. This is in favor of consistency. Whenever uh, Steppenwolf grabs the third box, you know, out of Star Man, Labs, we don't, we don't do that anymore. He grabs box from Star Labs, and then uh, you know, if you notice in the movie that all of the superheroes are the ones to show up, and then after everything's gone down, Batman shows up because he had to run over there. Sprint styles. <laughs> yeah, he's huffing and puffing, but everybody else just. Well, uh, no, he brought he brought Lois, didn't he? No, he didn't. No, was Lois. Just, no, Lois, yeah, he didn't. Was she yeah. just around? Lois juiced out with Superman. Oh, she saw him up yeah. the Jesus yeah. thing. And then that's when the whole "I'm gonna grab the mother box" thing happens. 
And so, yeah, Batman was out of breath and showed up at the last and was like, here's what happened, y'all. <laughs> well, Affleck's a smoker. Batman was the least focused superhero that's in film, and it... I disagree. Even even during the scene... Well, so, even so hear me out here. So he is obviously the one that's supposed to bring everyone together, but as far as when it comes to action, he's the guy who's like, oh, shit. I can't do anything but, against these guys because I'm just a dude with a bunch of technology. That's, that's why I disagree with him not being the most focused. When you have these action sequences where everyone can move crazy fast, and he just goes, "Yeah, that's that's being in the moment and going, I don't think I need yeah, to Yeah, but that's right also there. being like, I'm not supposed to be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, what do you want to do? Go in and just get cut in half. I'm going to do a little dance for about it here. Woo, watch out. I'm okay. I'm going to sit in the sideline. I would love to have a backwards scene where they're all trying to fight Superman and Ben Affleck's just moonwalking out of there. <laughs> that, okay, so for the next dance squad, if you guys are listening, just have Batman just scoop his way out and then you got the Joker, all the kids coming in and like, hey, yeah, that's it. Even just hides in the corner. Even during the scene where Gal Gadot is telling him like the unknown secret history of the past. Gal Gadot. So hot. So hot. Jeezy Pete. Hey, there wasn't a gratuitous uh, you know, shot of her body though. Like she doesn't need it. She just just needs a gratuitous But it wasn't gratuitous. It wasn't gratuitous. gratuitous. Saturday doesn't really do that. Yeah, no, but Joss Whedon does. So he didn't like objectify her. Like good for you. There's no JJ Abrams lens flare of her in a bra. Straight up. That's not a scene that that starts with a smile is hot enough that she needs nothing else than her just to sit there. She is a, a member of the Israeli army and bless her heart for it. Yeah, previous uh what is it? Mer- Miss America, right? I don't think that's a thing. Miss Miss America from Israel? Yeah, she no, she won. She's from Israel? Uh, she'd be Miss Israel, though. She wouldn't be Miss No, I thought she won Miss America. How do you Miss, Miss America Universe? Miss you, know, you know what? My things are just done. <laughs> but anyway. That's why no. I record everything. Even, Miss, even in. <laughs> Miss United States. Is that better? <laughs> to take it, to take it back to so. Batman, even right. in the scene where she's telling Universe. Bruce Wayne the unknown history of the world. Right. They cut back to him at one point, and he's still working on the plane. Like, dude, take a break. She's telling you some really important stuff he's here. He's got shit to do. Like, he's, he's trying to pretend to be useful. I know exactly what that guy move is. He's trying to pretend to be useful. Like, oh, yeah, I can do two things at once. Scratch. Like, dude, you, you're not doing anything with that wrench right now. You're listening to our story. Don't try to pretend like you're doing something else. Yeah. I do agree on that. That was a very weird kind of sequence. Yeah. Here's the big battle. Hey, Alfred, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just fixing a car. Uh, let me help. Let me Versus, help. like, Let's... comparison, if you look at other, like, Batman films, Morgan Freeman's watching the the scope of the screens. Let's monitor the system. So that's, that's one of the things I was going to say, is they put Alfred in the role of... Lucius Fox. Lucius Fox. Because this timeline that they've established is old Batman. Yep. And in some of those Lucius Fox isn't around anymore. Um, when we were watching, I mentioned the Frank Miller, the the Batman. Mm-hmm. So in that, it's Batman is essentially retired, and he comes out of retirement because all this horrible shit's going on in Gotham. These mutants, which is kind of the Bane, the uh, mm-hmm. the Dark Knight Returns. Dave Batista coming at you. Bane's coming. Uh, uh, Batman's killing people. Yeah, and Batman is like he's actually killing people. They gave him that kind of responsibility in this one and just filled two roles with one character because yeah. we had enough. There's enough characters. There's so many people in this. Martian Manhunter. I don't think either of you knew that. Martian Manhunter. I had read that he was going to be in there, but I had no one. But did like, you know what, who no what context was? or who it was? Right. The character I just knew he was going to make an appearance. But at the same time, like if you watch the original cut, you had that the uh, the vision to where he went to the. The world that's just in chaos. It's just all sand. It's all done. And Superman, you know, cuts him with his eyes because Lois is gone. None of that's in that film. It's it, So where did that come from? Was on that, that Whedon's decision to make that appear? I mean, So on that note, in the in the original nightmare scene, is what they called it? Yeah, it was called um, the nightmare scenes, right? They didn't really explain why any of it was, you know, Superman was bad and blah, 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 blah. And he comes out and he's helping Darkseid essentially destroy Earth. This, Which you can't necessarily tell in that scene. You can't tell. It no, but in this that. one, in the, the ship, they show Cyborg get that 
worst case scenario yeah. input from the ship of what could happen if things go bad when they bring Superman back from the dead. They explained why this might be a thing and why it might go wrong and if Superman goes goddamn it to the dark side, um, <laughs> <laughs> what would happen? But but not enough to explain why Whedon had that entire clip scene that made so many people think, man, this is actually going to allude to so many other things that are going to happen. Here's Batman. He's killing people now. He's fucking shooting people in the face. See, here's my problem with all of that nightmare sequence, dream stuff bullshit. He started doing that in the second film. Like, let people yeah. fall in love with your movies first before you start. Like, let people enjoy season two before you start alluding to season seven. And that's my biggest problem with all that. Like, make make a good season two. See, and and, I mean, I'm the other way because he had a five movie deal, and if you're in two and you're you're starting to pull things out of the others that are, you're going to look at the next one and go, oh, that's what that was. I'm a huge fan of Lost. Yeah, you and you're le- a huge fan little of Lost. Easter eggs, I love it. Easter eggs here and there. Like they people they didn't explain everything, and later you'd go back and be like, oh, they just explained why they did that. That makes you feel smarter as a viewer than if they just explain, hey, this guy is going to do this later at the cabin. The difference is that, uh, I'll use the Lost comparison, Mm -hmm. everybody loved season one of Lost. Nobody was like, what the hell is this? This is a joke. Almost nobody. Well, I was going to say. Yeah, Yeah, most people loved it. But with the first Man of Steel movie, there was a lot of controversy around Mm -hmm. it. And to add that dream sequence in to the second film, it felt like a way to give yourself an out. Well, if people don't like this second movie, then I can just do Flashpoint, and we can just rewrite this whole well, we're, thing. We're getting, we're getting into a lot of other stuff that was going to happen and was supposed to happen, and yeah. they planned out. Because Snyder had plans for this, yeah. this, this, and this, and then they were going to make a Flashpoint movie. We're getting Which into, they still are, right? They're still... Uh, we don't, we they don't know. St- they still are. Which... If you're listening, if you're not a huge fan of the comics, you don't really know what the hell we're talking about. The Flashpoint series is a lot like the X-Men Days of Future Past, where the Flash pretty much resets something, and all like Bruce Wayne's dead, and his father is Batman, and he's just killing people. But they didn't rewrite it because X-Men went so shit that they had to just rewrite it but, to start over. <laughs> I mean, I think Apocalypse was worse than the we Justice League myself. We're gonna have to start a whole nother thread. That's a whole different thing. That was such a such um, a shitty fucking film. Ooh, wee. That's a, that's a whole different thing. Um, one of the other notes I had I wanted to address is one of the things I think they did really right in this one is uh, like with the Amazonian, especially the, the Amazonians. Oh, Amazons. Are we talking about the score for Galgado? Uh, no, we're not. I'm not getting to that. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, we'll discuss it here shortly. Now. That and then the flashback um, when she's explaining what happened the first time Darkseid came, it felt like almost Greek god religious. Like it was very big and it was, it felt like the old gods kind of stuff. And when she shot the arrow into the the fire arrow to yeah, the, like kill you, kind of. It felt very epic, and I don't think any of that captured in the the original cut this one felt more like we're bringing these gods out of out of the ancient times and we're all going to unite which is essentially the entire concept of the movie but i felt it more in this i felt more with the amazons they were coming back from being like gods in the shadows and hey it's it's like the, the zeus thing and the the you had the Poseidon and the Zeus and all this stuff coming back together and it was very epic because the characters themselves are really what this movie was about. It was about the the character development of those gods, and it felt more like that. The first one I didn't feel that at all. I'll agree on that unless you acknowledge the fact that the bad guy <laughs> established his in the land thing he was searching for the entire time was on Earth. That's a huge plot point. Huge plot fucking point. Yeah. missing the plot point <laughs> where the thing he was searching for So what was talking about is this man is already the, established the, the it equation. and just forgot it was there. The the equa- yeah, the equation the which de- is death said moth. Which is <laughs> which is which is Darkseid's whole thing because if you have that it's I would I would even go back further. So the entire premise of this guy's character is he's searching for this equation this death equation, right? To where it allows him the power to control 
the anti life. Everything essentially. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, the anti life equation. It's what I mean. That's um, for for you've, if you watch the the Avenger movie and the Marvel stuff, it's more powerful than Thanos's gauntlet. Yeah, it's like a similar concept. You, you have the power over life and death. You can adjust things like well, essentially what the Mother Cubes can do. You have control over it, and that's what Darkseid wants. Not because the Mother Cubes he was going to use to wipe boxes. out the life on, mother boxes so that so that he only could, on earth yeah so that he could just do the he could spend as much time as he yeah. wanted to and they showed the that the mother boxes yeah. why i mean when they had the uh, success that one tiny moment of the uh unity. war unity. success where they had yeah, the yeah, unity, yeah. superman was just vaporized and the entire world was destroyed and then the flash redeemed his entire dumbass self and brought everything back in time and fixed it. But they showed that that happening wiped out Earth. And so that equation gives him the power to do pretty much whatever he wants. And that's that's the whole his whole arc in the comics. And the, is to have the simple way to look at it is there are certain things that are required to fulfill this equation, right? So if you look at it from the Marvel films, you have stones. From this one, you have blocks, mother blocks, no, no, mother boxes. No, those are totally separate things. I don't know the, the way that I'm looking from this is because this guy was like, I have this equation to where I'm going towards. I'm shaking, he, I'm shaking my head at you right he now. He forgot what he did, though. Like, he went to this particular planet, did it, oh, established yeah. a position. He lost the GPS. He didn't, he didn't. Yeah, he's like, like, oh, I just forgot that I stamped that planet with what I was trying to do, which would destroy everything. The entire same concept. Uh, you're, you're talking about two different things, though. The then, mo- for, then forget the stones, then. Just the fact that he was like, okay, I need this equation to do everything. What? Let me explain to you real fast. It'll I'll explain to you real quick. He forgot he stamped his planet. I'm with you on that. He was like, oh. I'm with you on the, the, the fact that he found where, where'd it. I, he, where'd I leave got, that freaking marker to destroy the world? I'm with you on that part. Ma- mansplain it to me. Uh, oh, we're going to get your tits out? Yep. Here's here's the thing. You're, 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 hey, for the view, he is pulling his tits out. They're out now. Chris, they're they're gross. On. Chris, what do you think about the mother boxes? <sighs> you drunk. All right. So, here's here's the difference that we're talking about. The mother boxes are a weapon. What that does would essentially wipe out all life on Earth. The equation is a very different thing that's hidden somewhere. That equation is on Earth. That equation gives him the power to do whatever he wants anywhere. But the equation itself, though, is still a stamp marker, right? Because when he does it... So, when they do that slam with the axe yeah, and all that... Yeah, so it's, it's a marker. That, has, that shows that the equation is there. They still have to Indiana Jones it. So I guess I the guess the, the question totally I would ask then is like, when you make that. So as the film went, the first time he did that, right, when he was fighting everybody, right. would you not have some sort of a connection to that stamp to know this is where it fucking was? No, I like I said, I agree with you on that part. Because that, make, that makes no sense movie. that you would spend the rest of your eternity trying to find it because right. you forgot where you stamped it. Plus, it was the one uh, planet that he the was one ever place defeated. you got defeated oh, at. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, so you'd be like, oh, yeah. why would I ever look there? Yeah, I'm gonna go back and find that. This that is the biggest plot hole in the thing. I agree. It, I don't think it's a big plot hole. Oh, it is because if you it go needs back more out into, like, into space, because he got Darkseid got pretty much fucked up. Yeah, he went back into space, but he's not gonna wake up and be like, hey. Where did I get jacked up? And they're going to be like, I don't know, boss. Forget about that place. Don't go there. <laughs> Unless in defeat, his, the marker his, gets moved, but it did not. Then move. his disgraced cousin goes down and just accidentally discovers Earth again. Well, she's kind no, of a whore, that, so. Who are you talking about? Oh, was, was that oh, I don't a, know. I don't, was that a female? I'm sure he has weird cousins. I don't know. We're talking about. Steppenwolf? Yeah. Is that a female? Oh, that's a dude. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta see those big clackers. <laughs> the flap covered him up. <laughs> the flap is the... It's <laughs> me, Crusty Crab. No, okay, so here... Oh, I, I just, just to go back, let's go all the way back. So, uh, the Greek connection, the, the Greek god and goddess connection, yeah. that's one where I felt like I wish there was a little more integration. I wish uh, Gal Gadot had gone to, like, Maybe a place in like Rome and interacted with like a street vendor that wasn't actually a street vendor. She was actually like a Cupid. Oh, you wanted to been a black woman? Yeah, I wanted something where it was like, oh, they're they're among us and like 
And but it, they weren't. Like that was the whole thing in Wonder Woman. I guess that that's they, true. They retreated from mankind. Yeah. They pulled a Lord of the Rings. Well, well, the uh, the the women did the. But they all did. The Atlanteans did too. They all pulled back. That's why none of them knew about each other. Yeah, but there's still got to be some, be some uh, you know, some. I mean, somebody's gonna bang a dolphin every now and again. Yeah, there's but, some there's some habitual line crossers in there that go in and they prefer to live. I guess what I'm saying is I wish there was an extra 15 minutes onto that four-hour hey, movie. Hey, let's add some more time <laughs> to this thing. Yeah, let's let's pack some more in here. Okay, anything we have not talked about that we dug about this movie, let's get that out right now. The, the Joker. I'm going to say The Joker. Do we want to talk about this, uh, this end sequence, the nightmare scene? Um, well, I liked it. I, th- I thought it gave Jared Leto a chance to kind of redeem himself. I don't know if he did... Um, the writing was way better than Suicide Squad, and they gave him a chance to be the Joker, because he was way more Joker in this than he was in Suicide Squad. It felt like his like kind of gasp to say, hey, I hope that everyone's going to enjoy my take of this film. Here's a kind of a, a bite of what, if we continue to do this, you're going to get more of this guy. Well, it was, it was twofold to me, because A, you got to have Ben Affleck's Batman... And Jared Leto's Joker, who have not seen each other, have a moment. Which, honestly, so let's back to that. To be fair, I actually like Ben Affleck as Batman. I think he's a good Batman. I, I agree. And I... Boo. Well, I think he's a good Batman. He has he has the person. He has the body type, obviously. He got fucking jacked as shit. Oh, your dad body. You just want to jerk off Batman. Dude, I watched Gone Baby Gone... What the fuck it was that? Right. <laughs> That's not it at all. That's his brother's film. Gone <laughs> Girl? Yeah. No, I'm I, sorry. I, he did Team a good job. I liked him as Batman. Fantasy. Jesus, get back to it. I liked him as Batman, and I liked Joker in this extended uh, film because everyone hates him in freaking Suicide Squad because it's terrible. Because he's a he wasn't terrible in Suicide Squad. He was. <laughs> That's just... debatable. Everything. Everything in that film was bad. Que- so. Questioning face. Questioning face. Everything was bad. The one thing he did in that movie that was... Was what, laugh a lot? Yeah. <laughs> There's a, there, there is one scene that he felt like the Joker, and it's where he comes in behind that guard, and he pressures him into giving Harley Quinn the phone. That is the one scene that felt Jokerish to me. Everything else was garbage because Joker shouldn't have a plan. He shouldn't, be, he shouldn't plan ahead to the point of where they're doing the plane and all that shit. We're getting way off topic here. Yeah, which is um, terrible. So I would much rather invest in this Joker scene in this film because it's the character I want. It's very, it's it's more what he should be, very psycho. But also, in this after kind of scene, to me it felt like they had to team up. Which I'm very intrigued in this like kind of capacity because it's a dream sequence. But Batman is essentially acknowledging the fact that, hey... I don't want to fucking team up with this guy, but I have to. Something is happening in this world to where Joker is now an ally. Uh, I'll, and that's I'll, why he is antagonizing them, because he's like, this is my my dream. So you He's te- like, I, I want to do this because I'm going to continue to fuck with your head, even though we have to be allies for the current time frame. So you've teed me up perfectly here for why I like what they did in the closing scene with the Joker. And what I'll say is, I think that the Joker has been done so well by so many talented actors from so many different angles. There's just not a lot of different directions for you to go with the Joker to get a different take on things. Mm -hmm. But this Joker like opened up a spigot, I I guess I'll say, to a version of the Joker that I would really like to see. And that's like the best way for me to explain it is if you've seen the last Hunger Games film. Oh Peter Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to go there. So Peter Malark uh is is a character that's a good character in the first 3 films and he gets grabbed and he gets driven insane. And then in the, in the last film he gets injected back in and, and and he's with the group, and you don't know at any given moment if he's going to be the good guy that you know he is, or if he's going to be the crazy guy that they transformed him into. And with yeah, the I... Joker that they introduced in the last version, 
that's a, a, a very exciting opportunity to say, okay, the Joker is clearly trying to do the right thing and help out, but he might revert back to his insane roots. And so it, it really presents... So I'm going to ignore dynamic. everything you just said. Um, is there a version in the comics, though, that's where you have the Joker that... Are you, do you have it? Do you already, I, I'm, you, I'm, you already know this because... Is, this is what okay. I'm like itching to talk about right now. Yes, there is a comic called Europa. The only time I can think of where the Joker and the Batman have teamed up. And uh, essentially Bane poisons them both. And they're trying to find the cure for the poison. This felt kind of like that thread where it's... Because you've got Slade in there with them. It's it's a hodgepodge of people at the end. And they're all trying to fight Superman. That's the only one I can think of where Joker is still being insane Joker and just killing people. But also working with Batman to try and find and cure this poison. Also, I really like that he's sitting there in a straitjacket where the arms are untied. And he has... A collection of police shields uh, clipped to his front. Did you see all that? See, mm-hmm. I didn't. I missed yep. all of that because I wasn't. I wasn't focused on that. Because the camera the wasn't focused on the camera. That. The camera work was bad. Yeah. But uh, on the front of him, he had like at least twenty-five police shields. Yeah, it was, like, to his it was chest. like a vest. Like clearly, he's been killing cops before they picked him up. Joe Magiello. Make Mangello. Make Mangello. Yeah. Uh, he's he's Mangello. I think he's awesome as Slade. That was a great pick to be that character. I he, really wish they could have flushed that out. He's big and he's imposing, but I feel like that sequence doesn't actually show no, that how huge do. he is. Yeah, he's huge, and he is he's bigger than me. Yeah, he's okay. a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. and, and I want to hug him. Yeah, that's what they Joe, really. I want to hug you. They need to show how physically in control he is um, to really show his imposition. But yeah, no, I, I just I, I I like that last sequence. I think that it can go a lot of places. Yeah, I'm I, laughing real hard because Will's girlfriend's calling him, <laughs> and he's in the bathroom, and she's gonna be so mad. He's in trouble. He's in trouble. okay we're gonna have to uh get the final thoughts here taylor final thoughts on the the snyder cut of the justice league okay yeah here's what i'll say i'll put it i'll put it in context of Zack snyder films it is not as good as 300 yeah it's, it's not as good as 300 but uh it's definitely better than any of the superhero films that he's done so far it's the best thing that he's put out for DC. Unless you've seen Watchmen. Uh, I don't know. Watchmen was pretty fucking good. He did a good job, but it's a one-off. This is a compendium, so Not there's a higher degree of difficulty, and I think mm. uh, he did he did a better job. And these are beloved characters. Yeah, so yeah. Like you know, he, he did fine. I, I didn't... I didn't want to cry every time Superman came on screen. Although and he did come... On screen. They did have that much shot. <laughs> You'll yeah. figure it out. That's how you know he's alive. <laughs> uh, Will, final thoughts on this the Snyder Cut? Uh, yeah, it's alright. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as, you know, I guess most people are going to compare it to the Marvel films and... While I love most of those kind of Avengers style films where it's a collaboration of so many superheroes, I think they did a good job of bringing everything together. To be fair, you have so many shitty films previously to compare it to that this one is going to stand alone as the best one so far. It was there was a lot of parts that were drawn out, but I feel like if you want to kind of get involved and enjoy it as much as most people like me and the guys here enjoy it you will love the character development to the point to where you think there's potential i think there's a lot a, a lot of stuff that could come positively from this that's all i can say i won't say it's a great film i think there's a lot of good things there's some stuff you will not like but there's also a lot more positive to come from it that's it oh it's not a great film yeah that's that's why it's a tough thing to like diagnose because you've seen the previous film which is terrible so half the time you're watching it, you're thinking of past scenes where is this thing coming up? Right. But you forget that, oh wait, that's right, that was a shitty film, so that doesn't even make sense in this film. 
So you anticipate too many things, then you see new things, and it's a good film in itself, and I think it, it opens the door more than even possibly that Zach thinks is going to happen, that he could make future films, and I hope it does, because it's better than anything that's been done so far in this universe. And that's probably the most positive takeaway I can have from it. Because I enjoyed it, I, I really did enjoy it, and I'll watch it again. Yeah, and on that point, I think I think this was very well done. It's refreshing to see the entire uh, vision that Snyder had when he filmed this. Uh, he films lots of... He just films a lot when he's making a movie, and... Well, the characters actually make it, sense, it all, for once. It all fits, and you have motivations that you wouldn't have previously. I, I think he earned his four-hour cut. I would watch this again, not anytime soon because four hours is a long fucking time <laughs> but it was well done uh everything fit together very well i was there were lulls but there were lulls that were it seemed necessary it wasn't just jumping from action scene to action scene they, they had their their own purpose other than the really extreme slow motion shots that just did we didn't need at all she over but that's a snyder it? thing it's like the quentin tarantino movies where you have the quentin tarantino long travel sequences with weird music that you would never listen to. It's just what he's going to do. And I would so, say, to be fair, the most important uh, thing for fans who enjoy watching films like this is if you give guys who have these visions that are four hours long with a network like HBO Max or Netflix, sure. this kind of opens the door to films to where these are director cuts, potentially, but now this is a standard to where if you want to have your vision last four hours, people will watch it. And it's going to allow directors to have a lot more creativity with what they're doing and not marginalize their vision, their films, to be two hours long. Let's go ahead and have more and more four-hour films yeah. so people can enjoy what they actually are trying to show you, the, the biggest, which is the best thing for all of us. The, the worst thing about this one, I think, is I now I want to see what these characters are going to do next. And we probably will never have that happen. No, probably won't, um, I think that, to me, is the worst thing about this movie, is now I want to see the next piece. But also I'm, the best, I'm, because I'm in, I'm it's the gateway for other films to have that chance. Sure. There's there's tons of things that have had that capacity that got canceled or just didn't happen. I mean, Five Club could have been four hours long, right? Jesus. <laughs> um, well, all right. Thank you for listening to Talking With Words. They're still fighting. Uh, Will's just going to keep talking. Uh, if you want to hear more, go to robgilchristbooks.com. Out! Saturdays for Suckers book two will be out this year. Listen to the rest of our stuff. We'll have more as soon as possible. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Are we recording?